Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Indianapolis Colts secured a huge victory by taking down a red-hot Las Vegas Raiders squad on Sunday. So how did the Colts beat the Raiders, and what can they use from this game to get the win over the Houston Texans on Saturday? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake uh, didn't get to take in the action on Sunday uh, in person. Luckily, you were you were able to take my tickets in and enjoy that experience. Uh, but man, I was able to catch the game from afar, and what? a game by the Indianapolis Colts. What a rebound uh, after that embarrassment against the Falcons to go out there, punch the Las Vegas Raiders in the mouth, and now they're in a win-and-in situation this upcoming Saturday. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good, and a big thanks to you uh, for the opportunity to, to go to that game. Uh, Andrew sits with some colorful Colts fans, some incredible diehard Colts fans, and boy, that stadium was rocking. There was an alarming amount of Raiders fans, so I mean, they were not uh, exactly trounced in that one. I mean, there were plenty of Raiders fans. When there were good plays for, for Las Vegas, you heard a lot of people in the crowd cheering. So, like you said, though, they got absolutely embarrassed by 19 points, and then you turn around and you face off against a team that, while their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, didn't play the best against the Chiefs, they still beat the Chiefs at home. And so you were really dealing with a team that had all the momentum when you did not, okay? They were as cold as could be after that Falcons loss. So a lot of credit to Shane Steichen, a lot of credit to the ground attack, and and honestly, man, a lot of credit to Gardner Minshew for dealing with that defense, going out there, playing an efficient game. The offensive line played well. We'll get into it, but man, heading into the game that's coming up on Saturday, you could not have asked for a better win or more momentum behind you. Exactly. And I, I think that this is this is what the Colts need. Get a win. Obviously had to get the win. It was a must-win situation, but now all the chips are on the table. And basically, win and you're in. No, not even basically. This is what it is. Win and you're in against the Houston Texans, which it's going to be very hype in Indianapolis next Saturday night. Truett getting us started off on a hot note with a $4 super sticker. Truett, really appreciate all of your support, buddy, Thank as you. always. Truett says, I hope the Colts are well cast 
caffeinated. Hashtag AM and hashtag DW for Andrew Moore and Drake Wally. Let's Good go. to see you, buddy. Really appreciate it. We're fired up. We're ready to talk about this game tonight on a Tuesday evening. Uh, uh, as as well, I was going to have Christmas with my family. Then my family, more family members got sick. But I figured, hey, you guys are watching the college football playoffs last night, so we'll keep the original schedule. But true, thank you so much. The CFO is in the building. He's at the Philly airport as we speak, waiting on his flight to Naptown. Uh, and he's also people watching, uh, as he said earlier in the chat. But Patrick, <laughs> thanks for joining us, buddy. Even though uh, uh, you're at the airport, uh, we've got our good friend Noah Compton is in the chat. Good to see you, buddy. Always fantastic when you join us. And then Stats Matt is here as well. What's up, gents? Took care of business last week to keep up in control of our destiny. So before we jump in tonight, please go follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Only 90 subscribers away from 2,000, guys. The, the, the goal is this week. Only like a few more days left. We're going to be really pushing to get to 2,000 subscribers before the Houston Texans game. So please, if you haven't, go subscribe and hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you so drake let's dive right into it here buddy the colts handled business against the raiders getting the victory 23 to 20 and in my opinion uh, it was it was a really a really good team win you know it was it was a bunch of you got you got different contributions from really all sides of of the football so before we really dive into the ins and outs and 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 all the details of what happened in this game from my seats there in Lucas Oil Stadium, what was your overall theme for this game uh, against a red-hot Raiders squad that, that honestly put up a really good battle against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday? Uh, smash mouth football. Uh, the Colts, they definitely came ready to run the football right out of the gate. They marched right down the field. Jonathan Taylor punches it in for his typical tud. Um, he had 96 rushing yards on the day. So as always against the Raiders, he put up yet another great performance. Trey Sermon did good things. Uh, 23 passes to 29 runs. Honestly, with Gardner Minshew in the fold and kind of a, a receiving core that outside of Pittman can sometimes be a little bit iffy. Uh, that's what you need. You just do. You need that kind of attack. And um, the Raiders did not know what to do with that ground game. The offensive line, they played Colts type of football. And um, it really gave you a lot of confidence. I also thought that the defense, even though they probably could have put more pressure on Aiden O'Connell, um, Devontae Adams did everything in his power to summon his all pro status to try to win that game by himself. And boy, he, he gave the Colts serious issues so um that that was a team that like you said they really fought well uh they didn't really miss many beats the Raiders on on offense I thought that they did a good job given the circumstances of their quarterback play and their coaching and uh you know what though at the end of the day the Colts won against like you said arguably one of the hottest defenses at least up to last week that the league had to offer so congratulations to the Colts and they did it at home in front of a Lucas Oil Stadium crowd yeah, shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for her nightly super sticker here. Appreciate all of your support as always. And thank you so much for, for always putting in a nightly super sticker uh, for us here. But Drake, I, I love what you said there. And, and I go back to, to kind of what, what I was thinking, just an overall team win. Sure, there there was probably some areas that the Colts could have improved on. And, and obviously getting some pressure on Aiden O'Connell. I credit to Aiden O'Connell as well for, for making some throws under pressure. Uh, Devontae Adams certainly went off against a, a secondary that was missing Kenny Moore the second who was a game time decision ended up couldn't and ended up not being able to go in this game Julian Blackman on IR that forced the Colts to start obviously they were going to start Nick Cross for for Julian Blackman but then Chris Lamonts comes in at the at uh, in the slot uh Rodney Harrison Jr as the other safety and as as Rodney Thomas got benched uh but then you look at the offensive line you look at the receivers getting and then getting some big plays out of guys that that haven't maybe lived up to to what we thought they were going to do 
this season. Just an overall really good team win and got contributions from a lot of guys. And I think that's probably what it's going to take this weekend against the Houston Texans. But but uh, let's 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 talk about uh, the first where uh, this is. I'm gonna we're gonna kind of go off off of Shane Steichen's core principles, and this is what I really saw in the game, and I wrote about it yesterday on Horseshoe Huddle. First thing that stood out, the Colts were aggressive. They passed to score. I mean, you look at the stats here, Drake. Gardner Minshew was 15 of 23 for 224 yards and a touchdown. Uh, had a bomb to, to Josh Downs on that first drive for 53 for 50 yards. Uh, obviously, the huge touchdown to Alec Pierce for 58 yards for the touchdown. So the Colts were uncorking it. And, and honestly, credit to Gardner Minshew because on both of those big throws, Drake, he had to either create or he had someone right in his face it still delivered very accurate footballs to his wide receivers yeah and it was it was what you've wanted to see him do you know you've wanted to see him kind of take those downfield chances and um it's not his forte but boy oh boy that pass to both of those were huge because uh, not just because of the yardage gained or the, the the end result but for Josh Downs, that was right at the start of the game that set up that Jonathan Taylor touchdown, covered over half the field almost. And then you have the other one that changed the entire, like really changed the momentum for the rest of the game, that touchdown to Alec Pierce. So it really, it's it's exactly what you need Gardner Minshew to do. You need him to be able to make those throws, even if it's not his forte to take those deep shots. He needs to be able to do it because if if you can get the ball downfield, it really opens up Shane Steichen's offense. It just does. It opens up the ground. It opens up those shorter passes that Minshew loves so much. Um, but like you said, 15 completions for 224 uh, passing yards. I mean, that means that he hit a couple big ones. And so um, he also, something else that's really interesting here is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different people caught passes in this game. And he evenly distributed that football. And um, I want to, I actually uh, really think that, the, I know that the tight ends didn't put up huge numbers, but I think that each one of those guys, Mo Alley Cox, Will Mallory, and Kylan Granson, they also did a good job. And boy, on one run from Trey Sermon, Mo Alley-Cox and Michael Pittman, they got out there and they absolutely bulldozed the hell out of that Raiders secondary. So this is a team that was angry. They wanted to go in there and win for their home crowd. They wanted to face the Houston Texans. And look, man, they have set up what is going to be one of the biggest games of the week. Okay, so I, I, I think that. I think that the Colts showed a lot, and boy, you got to look right back to your field, General, because the most important position on that field is quarterback and Gardner Minshew. He did his job, and he did it well. I thought, I, I exactly, I thought Gardner Minshew played very well, and and those those like I said earlier, those two huge throws to Josh Downs and and Alec Pierce were when Gardner Minshew was facing pressure. You know, and and most of the time this season, whenever there's been pressure around Gardner Minshew, his play just just goes in the tank. Not on Sunday, he was able to stay stay calm in the pocket, deliver it, deliver those uh, those balls to his wide receivers again in space, and allow them to go to work. And then Michael Pittman Jr. He was the one that that actually received. He was the only wide receiver to have more than two catches, five catches for just forty six yards. But man, Pittman was out there doing the dirty work. He you mentioned how he was blocking his ass off for those for those those running backs the uh, Jonathan Taylor Trey Sermon uh, for the wide receivers and tight ends that caught those short throws. I mean Pittman, even though he wasn't getting the ball in his normal his normal high volume that that he is used to. I mean this season Michael Pittman has been getting usually. 11, 12, 13 targets, only got seven targets on Sunday, about half of what he is, is used to getting didn't matter. I mean, you see, you see some of these wide receivers, particularly with the Pittsburgh Steelers, those have been the guys that have been in the headlines for doing this. So I don't, I don't want to just pick on them, but just using them as an example, George Pickens and, and Deontay Johnson, when, when they haven't been heavily involved or receiving a lot of targets, you see them with zero effort in the running game. You know, that's not Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr., whether he's getting those targets or not, he's out there doing everything he can to help to ensure that his teammates are having success and his and his his, his team is out there having success as well. So credit to, to this really entire this entire pass game for the Indianapolis Colts for 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 just just taking advantage of what the Raiders were were giving them. So no none of these none of these stats are are really world beaters. I mean Pierce one catch for for the 58 yard touchdown. Josh Downs only two catches. Like I said, Pittman five catches for for 46 yards. 
but all of them contributed in a big way that allowed this Colts offense to, to continue moving, continue staying afloat. And 23 points against the Raiders sure looks a hell of a lot better than 10 points against the Falcons uh, uh, just, a, just a week and a half ago. Yeah, and you also have to factor in that game too. You know, uh, M- Michael Pittman didn't even play. He comes back in. Um, and he still leads the team in catches. He he's still one of the top guys in in, in receiving yards. He led the team in targets by double uh, the next two people. So I I think that this is a great game if you're looking at what you want your wide receivers to do in a gutsy win. This is it, man. I mean, they went out there and they still they still got Gardner Minshew. I think he was yeah 15 for 23. That's still pretty solid given um, the pass rush that the Raiders can throw at you. Max Crosby didn't even get a sack. I think they only hit him once and they sacked him once. So I, I think that uh, going back to what you said about Pierce and Pittman being willing to block, man, I don't know. I mean, there's probably a couple other duos out there at wide receiver that are deadly blockers in the run game. But man, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce – when that when the when the run breaks loose and those two are in front of the running back, that is a real recipe for disaster. I mean, those are huge guys, and they're willing to block. Look, blocking it as a wide receiver in the NFL, being a big money guy or going to be a big money guy like Michael Pittman Jr., it's a freaking mentality. All right, it's a lifestyle. It's something you have to embrace, and those two have done it. And man, that's how some of those runs broke loose. So give them credit; they didn't just con- contribute in the passing game; they contributed in the ground game too, and it really mattered. And the pass game wasn't perfect by any no. means. I mean, Carter <laughs> Minshew missed Gar- uh, Alec Pierce on a couple that that Pierce probably could have scored a couple more touchdowns or at least one more. Stats Matt said would have been cooler if he if Minshew hit <laughs> the first one to Pierce that he had missed. Uh, but but they did enough, you know. And and I also want to bring up the tight ends as Patrick says. Let's talk about Will Mallory. What a player he's turned into in the back quartile of the season. You know, we're, we'll we'll talk about uh, what's going on with the tight end situation. Situation when we get to the latest news and rumors here but Mo Ali Cox out there making some huge blocks in the running game Kylan Granson and Will Mallory when they got the opportunities they converted and and the more that Will Mallory has played to to end this season Drake a guy that you were super high on I want to give you give you your flowers because you were really high on Will Mallory from the beginning I wasn't even sure if Mallory was going to make the roster uh, at the beginning of the season but Fair. he's been he's been impressive he's been a fantastic move tight end and he's provided a spark to this Colts defense or this Colts offense at times yeah and you know he's got only 25 targets but he's caught 18 of those that is 72 percent efficiency this is a guy that if that ball is close to him he snags that football and guess what he can also block, okay? And he is lightning quick for a tight end. I am pumped to see just what he can possibly do in the next season with Shane Steichen as his head coach. Man, I think Will Mallory is a, is a diamond in the rough, and I think that the more he gets integrated in this offense, he's just going to continue to excel. But like you said, man, him, Granson, and, and uh, Mo Cox, they didn't really put up, you know, extravagant receiving numbers, but they each made plays when they needed to make them. And you know what? They did the dirty work too. And again, it mattered and it resulted in a very, very important win that if you don't get that win, we're not talking about a Saturday primetime game at all. Exactly. Now the Colts passed to score, but they ran to win the game. Again, going back to that original Steichen quote, we're going to pat, we're going to throw to score points and we're going to run to win. That's exactly what they did. I mean, you look at Jonathan Taylor, even after that huge, that huge throw uh, to begin the game to Josh Downs, it was Jonathan Taylor the rest of the way on that drive to get the touchdown. And, and, and Taylor didn't stop there. 21 carries, 96 yards and a touchdown. And then Trey Sermon, Zach Moss is out. Next man up is Trey Sermon. Five carries for 32 yards, including a 27. Most of it came on the 27-yard run that he had over to the left side. But, hey, that was a huge run for this Indianapolis Colts team that, again, got them in scoring position. So the the running back stable for the Indianapolis Colts, particularly Jonathan Taylor, really took it upon himself to, to finish this game off for the Colts on Sunday and, and not let the Raiders come back and beat them. 
Yeah, and look, the, the, you know, I know that Taylor didn't exactly have a a terrifying injury to his hand, but you know, again, you're coming off of an awful game where you averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Okay, now we we'll get into it later, but I think a big reason that that they were able to run the ball better is because they had a lot better blocking on the right side, if you know what I mean. Uh, we'll get to that, but um, look, Zach Moss doesn't play. Trey Sermon goes in there, averages over six yards a carry. Zach Moss at one point was one of the top rushers in the league, so the fact that they're able to pivot like that, it just proves going back to that Steelers game that Trey Sermon is a solid depth piece, at least from what we've seen in a Shane Steichen led offense. Okay. And when the blocking is better, he can make, he can capitalize on that. And that's all you can ask for a backup running back or excuse me, <clears throat> a backup backup running back actually on your depth chart. So um, again, Big team win. Everybody contributed. You're down multiple players. You're down key players. And yes, Zach Moss is a key player because you can't tell me it's not scarier when you face him and Jonathan Taylor. Okay. And they still went out there and they got the job done. So um, I, I know that we're saying it till we're blue in the face, but coming off of a 19 point, just ass whooping like that. And to do that at home in a game that all the stakes were on top of you and all the momentum was on the other side of that ball going into the, the start of the game. Give him credit, man, because they got it done. And Trey Sermon, he's starting to carve out a role in this offense, and it's pretty cool to see because up to this point, he hasn't really been used a lot in his career. I agree. And 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 kind of going back to Jonathan Taylor, something that I've really noticed um, on Sunday, not just on Sunday, but I've noticed it over the past year or so of watching Jonathan Taylor is just how patient he's become as as a runner. You know, almost you're almost looking at him and, and thinking of shades of Le'Veon Bell in his in his heyday with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, just taking his time at the line of scrimmage, waiting for those blocks to develop because there was a lot of times where where when Jonathan Taylor first got the ball, if if he runs head first into the pile like he did earlier in his career or or just doesn't have the same patience you know that probably goes for a zero to one yard gain but taylor was patient waited for those blocks to develop he sometimes when i started to the left and comes all the way came all the way back to the right and, and instead of a, a a zero to one yard gain it ends up being six to seven yards and, and and jonathan taylor continues to push to push forward with that so it's it's been very very impressive to watch how his running style has has kind of changed and and even last year in in training camp when i talked to jonathan taylor uh, uh and asked him kind of what he what he was really trying to work on in the offseason he said he told me his patience you know patience at the line of scrimmage waiting for those blocks to develop not being so uh uh not being so careless with the football and and as careless with his run as far as just running as fast as he can into the first hole he sees and and hoping things go well you know waiting for the play to develop and i think at times i mean you might it doesn't show up in the stat sheet but you could probably instead of 90 yards there he probably ends up with 50 60 yards and maybe the Colts don't win that game if if Jonathan Taylor isn't as patient doesn't run the ball as as smart as he did on on Sunday so kudos to 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 Jonathan Taylor and Trey Sermon and kudos to that offensive line Drake the offensive line returned once again you mentioned it much better blocking on the right side because Braden Smith was back uh there at his position at right tackle Bernard Ryman again had one of his best performances of of 2023, and now Bernard Ryman is a, as uh, I had a tweet that kind of blew up today talking about him as a franchise left tackle. But but Drake, what did you see out of this offensive line in general? Not not only uh, in the running game, but but protecting Gardner Minshew as well. I saw consistency. Um, I saw. Just better, just more efficiency. You know, I, he got cracked 11 times against the Falcons. And I don't care if it's Blake Freeland or Braden Smith. That's completely unacceptable. No quarterback is going to really stand much of a chance if you let him get hit that much. Um, I, I saw just absolute tenacity at the second level. Some of these guys were were just pancaking guys at the line of scrimmage. And, and like you said, Jonathan Taylor's patience really did pay off because when you're that fast and in the past you've hit all those home run uh, or you, you've knocked out those home run, you know, scampers to the end zone and you've been able to outrun everybody and people forget Taylor's a big dude. I mean, he's not an easy guy to bring down. He's also a powerful running back for him to be able to go from an awful performance and then turn around and be patient, 
wait for those lanes to open up and then get that speed going. That was really a product of both him and the offensive line playing in unison together. And I, I think that, again, it's it's a mentality to run the ball. That run the damn ball, that is truly a, a lifestyle. It's a mentality. And this offensive line really looked good. I mean, I think the Colts all together, let me take a look. They had 134 ground yards, and obviously 128 of those came from Taylor and, and Sermon. But that's a fantastic performance. Anytime that the Colts are pushing 150 uh, 140 rushing yards as a team, it's going to give them a great chance to win. And it's going to open up things for guys like Pierce, Pittman, Minshew, Downs, and, and the tight ends. So, man, the really, though, at the end of the day, the pass protection, that was the biggest thing for me. Just I was kind of worried that, you know, Max Crosby was going to go in there and absolutely destroy Gardner Minshew, um, but he didn't touch him. So I, I think that this was a huge statement game, and it really makes you a lot more confident going up against a defensive guru like D'Amico Ryans than if you would not have been able to stop uh, that pass rush. So give the offensive line credit. They they definitely looked like they 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 looked – like they actually earned the massive amount of money that they make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 4.6 yards per carry. The Colts averaged on Sunday against the Raiders defense that, that really kept the Kansas city chiefs in check. And, and the Colts only allowed one sack of Gardner Minshew. Uh, and it was by Adam Butler. You, you mentioned how to keep Max Crosby in check. What was our big thing? Our, our big uh, key to victory for the Colts on, on last Thursday's show you know, to contain Max Crosby and Malcolm Kuntz on that other side. Don't let those guys wreck the game. Max Crosby came into the game with 13 and a half sacks. He left the game with 13 and a half sacks. Did not touch Gardner Minshew, as you said. As far as sacks are concerned, only had one quarterback hit on the day and that's a credit to Braden Smith being back in the lineup uh, really locking down that right side of of the Colts offensive line I mentioned Bernard Ryman and and how he he did a very good job going up against Koontz and, and when Crosby would go over uh, uh to the left side uh, or to the right side of the defensive line I should say they just completely neutralized the pass rush uh, for 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 the, the 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 Las Vegas Raiders. And when the Raiders were able to get some pressure on Gardner Minshew, Minshew did a really good job maneuvering within the pocket and escaping, to, so that way the pressure couldn't get to him. You know, so I, I thought it was a tremendous performance by the offensive line. And Drake, what have we been saying for weeks now? You know that the Colts are only going to go as far as the, as their trench play. The offensive line and the defensive line play is is the identity of this team. When both those units are rocking, it, this team is very hard to stop. However, if if they're not like against the Atlanta Falcons, weren't getting much push from the offensive line and, and protecting very well, the defensive line wasn't able to get after Taylor Heineke. The Colts really struggled. So. Both offensive and defensive lines for the Colts played well, and the Colts came out with the victory. Yeah, and look, when you don't have your your superstar athletic quarterback like Anthony Richardson, you have to play even better protection. Now, I understand that offensive line is important, but it's even more important for a team like the Colts. But, hey, kudos to both Bernard Ryman and Braden Smith because Malcolm Koontz and Max Crosby were going to be the catalysts for, for a Raiders win. They were both held in check. Neither one of them had a sack, and they both left with the exact amount of sacks that they came into that game with. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Now let's switch gears and head on over to the defensive side of the ball, Drake. And I want to talk about this young secondary, man. Kenny Moore the second out with a back injury. Julian Blackman out with on, on IR with a shoulder injury. Going up against one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in Devontae Adams. And when you look at the box score, uh, uh, you don't you don't necessarily think that that the Colts did a very good job on Devontae Adams. He finished with 13 catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns. But before that last drive where where basically Aiden O'Connell was just force feeding it to Devontae Adams, they didn't allow him to take over the game. I mean, he only had 84 yards and a touchdown up until that point. Credit to Juju Brents and, and Jalen Jones, Drake. Those guys went out, stood toe-to-toe with Devontae Adams, and in my opinion, they proved they belong in this league and and they didn't flinch going up against one of the one of the league's best at the position yeah and i actually think uh i mean multiple times juju brents was he he is really showing that he is just a bruiser at corner he is willing to just body into you he's physical he pries that ball loose and he he gave jacoby myers fits whenever they were matched up with each other but yeah like you said you got a couple of rookies one of which is a seventh rounder who did have a pick six that got called back um so it, it this is it just gives you so much hope to see what they're going to turn into but hey in the here and now you could not have asked for more from jalen jones and and juju brents one of which like like we talked about as a seventh round pick wasn't expected to do anything like he's doing this season and then the other one was injured most of the season and he's just plopped right back in and it seems like anytime he's seen the damn field he just makes plays and he he's always involved with some sort of pass breakup and multiple times he denied Devontae Adams that football and if he doesn't make those plays especially one where he swatted it away in the end zone I mean Devontae Adams might have had a trifecta of touchdowns and you're not talking about a win anymore so um, they stepped up in the absence of Kenny Moore and they stepped up in the absence of Julian Blackman Nick Cross as well um man and guys like you said Rodney Harrison guys like Chris Lamonts guys that don't typically see the field a whole lot they did their job man and it was truly a very young secondary safeties and corners and man they played about as good as you possibly can against potentially I'd say arguably a future hall of famer like Devontae Adams Absolutely. Juju Brents with six tackles and three passes defended. Nick Cross was the third leading tackler on the Colts on Sunday uh, with nine tackles. And then Jalen Jones offered uh, three tackles of his own with with, uh, uh, I think a pass defense. So very really good job by by this Colts uh by this Colt these young Colts uh uh cornerbacks and and secondary to 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 not let the Raiders Raiders pass game really take over the game. You know what I mean? I mean, you're you're talking about uh, when when you're going up against rookies like a like a Juju Brands, and it's not like he was a top five pick; he was a second round pick. Jalen Jones was a seventh round pick. You know, these guys are are, are expected to take their lumps uh, against some of the best wide receivers. But but I think what what I love about these young guys is is they're just they're not afraid of anybody. And I noticed this early on, week five, when Juju Brents was out there against the. DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins is is constantly calling for uh, uh for 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 a penalty against Brents getting really frustrated with this rookie you know Juju Brents didn't back down uh, Hopkins got in his face a couple times Brents got right back in his face you know I I just love the attitude that these guys have and, and Jalen Jones I mean he's not a very uh he's not a guy that's very loud in the locker room or anything but you saw on Sunday when he got tested, I mean, he he wasn't going to back down either. They've, they've got some dogs with these rookie corners. And, and then 
I want to talk about Nick Cross for a second because kudos to Nick Cross for just keeping his head down, grinding, waiting for his opportunity. I mean, you think about this last year, Drake, all the hype that surrounded Nick Cross and because the Colts traded up for Nick Cross, you know, uh, and, and so that comes with a certain amount of expectations. Everyone's thinking, you know, Cross is going to be the safety of the future and, and hit the ground running right out the gate. And when, in fact, he gets benched for, for Rodney McLeod and doesn't see the field all season. And then you go in through most of this season, and, and again, he's still not getting much playing time, mostly on special teams. And you're thinking, is Nick Cross a bust? You know, and, and then if your fans start talking like that, and then all of a sudden he gets his opportunity, just keeps grinding. The coaches notice, gets his opportunity. And now you're looking at Nick Cross. This is what we expected out of him. People forget he's only 21 years old. He got drafted at 20 years old last year, which has a lot to learn. Basically, he used last year as a red shirt season. Now he's come in, he's produced. And he's put he's stacking games now. Good game after good game. And and it, it's it's it, very noticeable for for a Colts uh, secondary that while Julian Blackman was playing really well, Rodney Thomas has fallen off. And Nick Cross has really stepped in there and and helped kind of settle things down in the back end for this Colts secondary. So really, really good job by all three of those guys. Yeah, and I mean the t- the two top tacklers were EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin, which are your linebackers, which you just assume are, is going to happen. And then Zaire goes out there and sets again the Colts single season tackle record with 170. So. Um, Nick Cross finished right behind Zaire Franklin with nine tackles. I mean, he was all over the field. Okay. So, um, credit to him. And I think Wyatt mentioned like what happened with Rodney Thomas. The thing about Rodney Thomas that happened last year, uh, or uh, th- th- in this game is similar to what happened with Nick Cross last year. It's just, I think that there were a couple times where he just let up some big plays or he just missed some assignments because, um, I think what you're seeing now, and dare I say it, I, I do think Julian Blackman's returning, and I think that him and Nick Cross are your safeties. I think that that is what they're looking forward to in the long term. It's nothing against Rodney Thomas, but he's probably more of a depth piece because you've got Ronnie Harrison out there that they converted to a linebacker outplaying Rodney Thomas at his own position. So mm-hmm. it's 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 not been a good year for Rodney Thomas, and I think that, that you might see him you know, maybe – put on special team duty or something like that, or more of a depth role. But like you said, Nick Cross is starting to come into his own. And honestly, uh, again, credit to him, because like you said, most of the year he's been sitting out. He's just kind of had to do the dirty work on special teams. And he goes out there, has a fantastic performance. And you know what? It's happening at the right time because they really needed him in the absence of Julian Blackman. And he stepped up and did it great. And this is a great question from Patrick with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you so much, buddy, for all of your support. Uh, watching our show from an airport uh, when you could probably be uh, doing some other things. You're 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 a legend, dude. Patrick says, seeing the job this secondary has done, do we think Ballard will stay put again with them and let them play or get another good pick in the draft? And I think this is a very, very interesting question, Patrick, because I, I, I think – I mean, you, you obviously see Juju Brents. The Colts invested a really high pick in Juju Brents, and I, and I think they've been very happy with what they have seen from him. Yes, he's had some some health issues, but you're hoping that doesn't continue because when healthy, Brents has shown to be a legitimate starter at cornerback already in his NFL career. Same with Jalen Jones. He's just put his head down, worked, and has done nothing to uh, uh, to to really relinquish that that starting spot. However, we, we've also seen how important depth is at the cornerback position this season, you know, with Juju Brents going down. Kenny Moore obviously missing that game. Dallas Flowers went down with the Achilles. And, and the, when the Colts had to turn to a Tony Brown and a Daryl Baker Jr. at times, and, and those guys just got absolutely worked on the outside. So in my opinion, if the right guy is there, I think you, you. I think the Colts are still going to target cornerback. I think cornerback is still a position of need for this team. Whether it's in the first round, we'll have to say. I don't think the Colts are going to reach for a cornerback. Uh, uh, but but if the best player available is there in the first round at, at cornerback, I know a lot of people have been mocking Alabama corner Kool Aid McKinstry to the Colts there. Who knows? Maybe the Colts do take it to add competition there, and and then you likely see McKinstry and Jalen Jones battle it out in camp for that starting spot. But 
regardless, I think competition at cornerback is is necessary. Uh, I think it's going to make those guys better. And and I think the depth at the cornerback position has got to be one of the one of the main 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 points of emphasis this offseason. So what do you think, Drake? I'm right there with you because in today's NFL, you cannot have enough uh defensive edge rushers and you cannot have enough cornerbacks and you need to put pressure on the quarterback well guess what you got to be able to cover the freaking receivers too and so uh given the rules and how they've changed and how it's been more difficult for guys to cover like that uh for Jalen Jones and, and Juju Brents to still figure out ways to to just lay some nasty hits to these receivers and to just be physical at the point of uh or at the point of the ball getting to the hands man I I mean I I think that I think that they're still going to add depth because of, like you said, the the performances of Tony Brown, which is nothing against Tony Brown, but it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen against the Saints. I mean, Rashid Shahid looked like a number one receiver, bona fide in the NFL. And so um, then you've got Daryl Baker Jr. who's been up and down. You just, if you have a guy or two go down, you don't want to be saying to yourself, holy cow, you know, we, we've got this situation where there's like two holes at cornerback in, in a passing league. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, like you said, I know about a number like or like a first round pick, but I do still see the Colts. You know, if it makes sense, they'll definitely add depth and they'll probably be very happy that it's young depth because this is still one of the youngest teams in the NFL. In today's NFL, you can never have enough cornerbacks to combat never. the passing offenses that we've seen uh, uh, in this league. So, Patrick, thank you for the really good question, buddy, and thanks for the super chat once again. Always appreciate all of your support and 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 how much you you've dedicated uh, to our show, Drake, and I greatly appreciate it. So, so Drake, let's talk about the defensive line now. You know, and 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 I I think that that they they got some pressure on Aiden O'Connell. Obviously, could have been a little bit more. Uh, the Colts did finish with um, uh, a couple sacks on the day, uh, one by DeForest Buckner, who now has uh, seven sacks on the year from Defoe. Taekwon Lewis got in on the action, so they, they did get a couple of sacks on Aiden O'Connell, but I don't know if if the pressure was as consistent as, as the Colts would have liked. However, they let they they made the 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 Raiders go one dimensional in a sense. Only three point four yards per carry allowed uh, by the by the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. So in that regard, I think they they helped shore up their their run defense a little bit and, and did a pretty good job uh, against uh, uh, Zamir White and and the stable of of a Raiders running backs without Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and I mean, this is still a, a Raiders team that had 100 or Zamir White had 145 yards on the ground against the Chiefs. So, I mean, it's not like he was just coming off of a slouch performance. Um, and again, Gus Bradley didn't really bring a lot of pressure. He trusted the front four. Um, and I think that Ebicom had a couple pressures. I think that uh, there, there was decent pressure but given the situation like you said while they didn't get pressure on the quarterback or quarterback like maybe you wanted them to they took away what was going to help O'Connell and that was run the ball they, they did not let the Raiders run the ball they didn't really let him generate much momentum on the ground and that forced him to toss the ball 49 times that is a lot of passes for a rookie quarterback so the fact that they made that happen and still got the win hey you still got some sacks from your defensive interior and from a, a, a depth edge rusher like uh, Taekwon Lewis. So maybe you didn't get one from Ebicom or Odangbo or Pay, but you still were able to get O'Connell pressured enough to make him mistime some throws and really not feel, I guess, super comfortable at any given moment. Now, I will say, I don't think they can have that kind of like lack of pressure against CJ Stroud because we're talking about two completely different quarterbacks, mm -hmm. one of which who's going to struggle sometimes even if you don't play great defense, the other of which who will absolutely laser you to death. So um, I think there's some some things to build off of here. But hey, at the end of the day, they got the job done. They didn't let O'Connell get into too much of a rhythm. And uh, you still got a sack from DeForest Buckner, which still gets him seven on the season. And, you know, he's playing a fantastic year, too. And I, I'm, I'm really happy to see Taekwon Lewis coming off of all those injuries. And he's actually having himself one of the better years I've seen. Yeah, you, you take into account the what the what the Colts did uh, against the Raiders. They're going to have to play better. Uh, yeah. The defensive line, I'm saying, needs to play better against the Houston Texans this upcoming weekend. But if there's a unit that can do that, it is this Indianapolis Colts defensive line in this pass rush because the Colts are the only team in the league that have four guys with more than seven sacks. You've got Ebukam, Pei, Odangbo, and Buckner 
all have seven or more sacks, which is pretty impressive. And they're going to really need to to ramp up the pressure uh, and get after C.J. Stroud on Saturday night. Otherwise, Stroud will will have a probably likely uh, have a good chance to pick apart this this defense with how with how good with how well I should say how well he has been playing and and how much he has improved since the Colts last faced Stroud uh, uh, in Week Two. So, but I, I do think that the Colts defensive line with the heightened uh, 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 the heightened stakes of that game, they're going to be ready to get after CJ Stroud. That's going to be a really fun matchup to watch and see how that all plays out. But, but like we said, Drake, and uh, coming into this, Colts had to do this, had to get the win against the Raiders. They did that. Now, win and they're in if they take care of business on saturday night against the houston texans at home at lucas oil stadium which is going to be absolutely rocking uh, uh when this game comes about prime time they're in the playoffs which nobody would have expected uh, uh when when the season first began so i want to ask you what do what can the colts take away from this raiders game that that will help them beat the Texans on Saturday night. Number one, uh, you 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 have to pressure Stroud better, like we just said. I do think something else though is that due to the Texans, what you did to the Raiders in the sense of even though Stroud is, a, in my humble opinion, a far better passer than Aiden O'Connell, I still think that they they operate better when they're running the ball better. Now, I know that Damian Pierce hasn't had an ideal season. He did just rip off a huge run in one of their last games. And Devin Singletary actually, by all rights, almost has a 1,000 rushing yards on the season. So if you can take away that ground game, by the way, this is a team that does not have Tank Dell, who is kind of to C.J. Stroud what Josh Downs is to Gardner Minshew. You have a good chance to hone in on Dalton Schultz, who is is – did not miss a beat leaving leaving Dallas and Nico Collins, who has all of a sudden shown that he might be a bona fide number one receiver. He's kind of to CJ Stroud what Michael Pittman is to Gardner Minshew. You've got a lot of similarities here with these receivers. So I, I think that I think that you gotta you gotta stop the ground game. You gotta put more pressure on CJ Stroud. And hey, th- this isn't really something the Colts can help, but you really hope Kenny Moore can play because I, I do think that I do think that they got by in this one. Um, I still think that, you know, Nico Collins and CJ Stroud, they can cook up some magic. But man, if Kenny Moore is in there, that's going to give them a massive chance to win. So uh, something else is that you need to t- try to take away the short passing game because they're going to try to get the ball out quickly and exhaust that pass rush. They're going to try to keep CJ Stroud nice and clean in that pocket. So a lot of things to take out of this game. But I think we talked about it before the episode, man. There's a lot of reason to believe in Shane Steichen. He's got this team believing in themselves. He's got this team pretty much kicking indoors they weren't supposed to, and they're on the cusp of not only making the playoffs, but if things fall in their in, like in line for them, they could literally come out of this as the AFC South champion. So it's just it's been completely improbable, and it's all going to come to a head on Saturday. But um, I think that if the, if the Colts can do those things and take those things away from the Raiders game, man, they've got a good chance to win. But I still think, regardless, it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be about trench play. You know, how the offensive line performed on Sunday, yes. being able to protect Gardner Minshew and keep him relatively clean, and then being able to dominate up front late into the game, really impose their will and allow that running game to, to finish things off. I think that's going to be key. To have all four, all five of those guys healthy and ready to go, I know that that Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson didn't practice today, and Braden Smith was was I think limited, if not didn't practice in the walkthrough today. They've got to have all five of those guys. I would expect uh, 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 probably. Nelson and and Smith to go for sure. We'll see about Ryan Kelly because he was in a boot after the game. Yeah. But man, you need all five of those guys out there to and dominating to, to to really ensure this. And then the defensive line has to step up. They need to play their best against C.J. Stroud. Put pressure on him because he's still a rookie quarterback. He still uh, uh, the doesn't do well necessarily against pressure. You can't let him sit back there all day and pick this exactly. defense apart. He's too good for that. He's shown all season long that if you don't pressure him, 
he's going to be a problem. So again, it's going to come down to trench play, offensive, defensive line. They're going to take this team as far as they'll go. And, and if they play well, the Colts probably get the victory. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into the deeper little bit on Thursday, but, but that's where my focus is going to be heading into this matchup on Sunday or on Saturday, excuse me. So let's, let's talk about the injury report here, Drake, and, and, and some guys that, that missed the action on Sunday, Kenny Moore the second with back issues uh, was a game time decision. He seems optimistic though that he will play against Houston, uh, and he was a I think a full participant or at least a limited participant in practice, so trending in the right direction. Uh, but obviously, you want him out there going up against a quarterback of C.J. Stroud's uh, uh, capacity and, and ability. Yeah, and uh, it's the most important game of the season, you know. And and like I said, it's going to be one of the biggest of the of the entire week eighteen slate. So you absolutely want Kenny Moore out there. And like you said, you know, it, a guy like Nico Collins that is legitimately starting to come into his own is one of the better receivers in the league with a rookie quarterback. You want all hands on deck. You want as many of your stars as possible. And uh, look, man, especially after last season and how awful he played. Since we've had a full season to watch Kenny Moore, man, he has absolutely played lights out football. So if he's on that field, it is night and day. I know that some of these younger guys played well. Some of these guys like Chris Lamonds and Ronnie Harrison and you know Jalen Jones, I understand that they've played well, but you still want Kenny Moore out there because on top of his play on the field, he's also a commander of that defense. Him and Zaire Franklin are constantly just barking out calls. So I think that I think that you want one of your defensive captains out there as well. So it's fantastic to hear that Kenny Moore is, is trending in the right direction because boy oh boy you really want him on the field on Saturday exactly want to give a shout out to Patrick again for the super chat five dollars <laughs> he said battle for the playoffs and coach of the year this Saturday which is mm-hmm. a, a storyline that we'll get into on Thursday but Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's both up there and considered some of the favorites for coach of the year so uh, whoever wins that matchup may just secure coach of the year I think Kevin Stefanski might be uh, a tough one there there's some other guys out there that that are that are deserving as well But yeah, Saturday night is going to be an absolute barn burner. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Patrick, thank you so much for your super chat and uh, and and doing some good things in in our chat as well here. Always keeping <laughs> us on our toes. Really, really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, back to the injury report here. Drake Zach Moss missed his uh, second straight game uh, with a forearm injury. Uh, was limited. Uh, trying to work his way back. Uh, hopefully, he can return to help boost to help boost that that running back stable that's been doing pretty well. Uh, and then Cameron McGrone missed the game with an illness as well, but. And, and some other guys that didn't miss the game, but are still kind of dealing with some things. The big three on the offensive line, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, all three of those guys need to be out there and playing against the Houston Texans uh, uh, in order to, in order to, 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 to really help be uh, this Indianapolis Colts team be at their, at their best. Yeah, and I think that the biggest the biggest one that is a little bit of a concern is Ryan Kelly, just because, like you said, he was in a freaking boot, which it never looks good, especially with someone that big. Um, so you hope that he's going to be able to to recover in time. And Braden Smith, I mean, he has really dealt with a lot of pain uh, this season. I think he's had all sorts of different just nicks and tear type of injuries, not legitimate tears, but just like little things here and there where he's had to miss time and then come back and miss time again. So um, you're just hoping that health wise and pain wise he's not really dealing with much but quentin nelson man i'm not even worried about that guy if he shows up on an injury report i just assume he's going to play anyway so i would i would just bet on 56 being in that game and hopefully number 72 but the big one right now for me is ryan kelly It'll be tough for any of those guys to miss Saturday yeah. action. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the latest Colts news and rumors, and and not not a not a good note that we're going to be talking about here. Obviously, oh, this, yeah. this news came out on on Friday, so we haven't had a chance to talk to, with with you guys about it. But Colts tight end Drew Ogletree uh, uh, was arrested last Friday and charged with domestic battery committed in the physical presence of a child less than sixteen, uh, knowing that the child is present and might be able able to see or hear uh, the violence going on. That was according to Hendricks County jail records. Uh, So what has reportedly happened is, is this happened last Tuesday, uh, Drew Ogletree and his girlfriend got into an argument where uh, a parent, as it's alleged that, that Drew Ogletree 
pushed down his girlfriend and then as the argument continued that he quote-unquote body slammed her uh, or threw her down into the floor uh, Drew Ogletree was detained at the time but then an arrest warrant came out on Friday or, or Thursday night excuse me um, where and then uh, uh, or was it Thursday night or Friday? I'm sorry if I'm getting those those details mixed up. Uh, but Drew Ogletree did turn himself in. Uh, it has now been reported that at first he did not have a bond set, uh, but he was released today on $500 bond. Uh, uh, so so Ogletree is out of prison, but he has been placed on the commissioner exemplist, and he is away from the team. Uh, the Colts did release a statement on on Ogletree, uh, saying we are aware of the disturbing allegations involving Drew Ogletree. The team takes these matters seriously we have notified the nfl and are in the process of gathering more information we will have no further comment at this time shane steichen echoed that they're not going to comment on the situation uh, uh until the the league takes uh not the league but uh the the the, the process plays out within the legal system obviously not good for Drew Ogletree, Drake. I mean, personally, if 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 the allegations turn out to be true, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, and and even in and and his NFL career would be over because not only are they, is it is it just disgusting on a personal level, on a legal level, those are felony charges, and he faces between six months and two and a half years in prison. Uh, and on the football side of things, man, really really unfortunate for a guy that that had a lot of potential and and was getting good playing time with this Colts team and and he had a, a good career ahead of him in my opinion and it seems like that's more than likely all down the drain yeah and it's really it's really just saddening because he missed the entire 2022 season due to a torn ACL and he was just killing it in camp and then he he's he's resurgent again, and he had some great plays and some great moments in the season. And in my opinion, he was one of the better blocking tight ends the Colts had. And and you were kind of starting to think, you know, what's his role in Steichen's offense? What's he going to do, you know, next year? What's he going to do for the rest of this season? So, Rook, it's just terrible. And and your heart goes out to, like you said, if these are true and if they are accurate uh, accusations. The heart goes out to, to 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 the family that was that was involved with that to his girlfriend to the child. I mean that's completely disgusting and unacceptable. But you know, on a little bit of a lighter note, I, I was just to kind of talk about the game real quick. After that happened, you know, you're thinking, my God, the Colts have to play at home now um, after all that just a day ago. And they still went out there and got business done. And you know, I credit to Shane Steichen. This is a horrible thing, but he just so clearly has this team focused on what they need to do and he handled it well, but man, whatever news comes out, I, I I'm pretty confident that I don't think that Drew Ogletree is probably going to see an NFL field again. Yeah. At least probably not with the Indianapolis. Yeah. Colts. I would, I, I would expect that, that he, his last down has been played in a Colts uniform and it makes it even worse that, that a child uh, is involved in all of this. So uh, we'll obviously continue to keep you guys updated on whatever happens with Drew Ogletree throughout this process. And, and, and until a resolution has uh, been made uh, NFL nerd coming in hot with his super chat. Thank you so much for all of your support, buddy. Really appreciate that you turn into our show every night and, and, are, and are active in the chat as well. Uh, uh, NFL Nerd is, is one of the good guys. So he says, with one game to go, grade Ballard's 2023 team build. Man, this is a tough question. Uh, Drake, you're going first, buddy. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, what would you give Chris Ballard's team build uh, for the 2023 season? I would give it a B plus. I, I I think that there's still room to grow. I think that a lot of these guys got got hurt in the draft. The the ones that were supposed to play guys like Daniel Scott and guys like Jake Witt and all multiple guys went down with injuries. Um, but I think that the B plus comes from guys like Samson Evacon. That's one of his best free agent signings. The guy is a half sack away from ten on the year. And on top of that, they've been able to have depth pieces and good enough talent to back up those important pieces. Uh, guys like Gardner Minshew also a free agent signing. So um, I, I I think that there's even a case for an A-. I mean, if they go out there and win, okay, if they go out there and win on Saturday, 
I'd give it an A minus, but overall, right here in this moment, I'd say B to B plus. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with a B, you know, because I think he actually these the, the 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 Colts roster has done a really good job of adding depth. I mean, look at Gardner Minshew. Uh, the running back stable has had has had to endure uh, uh, as well as as some and as and the defensive line has certainly come come about. Samson Ebukam was my favorite signing uh, for the Colts this past season. But there's still work to be done, you know. Uh, they still don't. While the, the pass rush is 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 really good as a group, they still don't have that dominant edge presence, and that's that's hard to find. But I think to be a truly elite team, you need that that dominant edge rusher. Uh, cornerback is still a work in progress. Yes, the rookies are coming on, uh, but you still need depth, and and you're hoping those guys can develop. Uh, and wide receiver, uh, I think there's still room to be made at wide receiver uh, to to help out Michael Pittman. Josh Downs can potentially grow into that, but I still think, uh, and 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 I think Alec Pierce will certainly be better once Anthony Richardson returns. Oh, but yeah. still, need to add some depth at, at wide receiver. Uh, uh, maybe maybe when Jelani Woods returns, you get a better you get better at tight end as well. There's still room to grow for this roster, and and I think more talent can be added at numerous spots. But I think for what they've done now. B to to uh, to on the edge of a B plus is is where I'm going to go with Chris Ballard for what he's done with this team in 2023 and and expectations are going to get higher and it's going to be interesting to see how he attacks this offseason with with re-signing a bunch of really important players but also being able to add depth and and improving this team uh, for 2024 so really good question NFL nerd uh, that's going to be a topic that we really dive into in in greater detail. Uh, uh, in the off season here, oh, yeah. so you'll make sure you want to tune in for that. But but thanks for uh, kind of you giving us a little preview of what's to come this off season. Really appreciate all of your support, buddy. Uh, so let's finish off the latest no- Colts news and rumors. Drake, the Colts just today re-signed or signed wide receiver Jawan Winfrey back to the 53-man roster from the practice squad, and they also signed tight end Eric Tomlinson to the practice squad uh, to fill Winfrey's spot. So just just adding some depth uh, at some at some of those positions before they take on the Texans here uh, to finish off the regular season. Yeah, Jawan Winfrey, man, since May 9th, I, I actually wrote that wrote that piece and i could not believe how many times he had been added to the practice squad taken off the practice squad waived brought back to the roster he has he has seen a lot of the indianapolis colts since may 9th so uh it's nice to see him get another chance at the at the active 53 but eric tomlinson actually has like over 50 starts in his career so this is a guy who's definitely uh seen plenty of nfl football and it's very obvious why they brought him on because of andrew ogletree so um i i, I think that that's a guy though that could push the, the defense and practice and can really prep them for a guy like Dalton Schultz also spent time with the Houston Texans earlier uh, in training camp this season so get a little bit of intel there which I'm sure the, the Colts will will love to to try to pick his brain on what the Texans might do uh, so Drake let's wrap up the episode with our Colts player of the game here on an extended victory Tuesday uh, for the Colts uh, I'm gonna let you go first buddy who is your Colts player of the game in the victory over the Raiders oh man a uh, real tough one here but I'm you know what I'm I'm gonna go w- with someone that doesn't have stats that's Braden Smith I think Braden Smith's performance against Max Crosby he snuffed out one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and boy oh boy he showed his worth in that game and don't be surprised if for some crazy reason he can't go I do think Jared Valdir will be the guy to go at right tackle but um I don't think Braden Smith is going to back down just because of a little bit of pain I think you, you should expect to see him out there against a guy like Will Anderson and uh boy oh boy he played absolutely fantastic football and kept Gardner Minshew clean and also did a great job of run blocking. Patrick coming in with his a weekly Colts player of the great game as Grant Stewart, uh, as always. Uh, really, really, really appreciate that. And and then Stats Matt coming in with my pick, Juju Brents. You know, I was thinking possibly Jonathan Taylor uh, because of how he helped finish off the game for the Colts offense. But Juju Brents going up toe-to-toe with Devontae Adams and and making Adams' life hell uh, throughout the game, especially when when Brents was assigned tight coverage uh, uh, on Devontae Adams. Really, really, uh, 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 I think, an impressive performance from the rookie and hopefully a sign of things to come where – 
Juju Brents, in all likelihood, could be the Colts' number one outside corner for many years to come. And right. and he certainly, when when he's been healthy and out there playing, he's gotten off to a fast start and, and been very encouraging to see for this Colts defense. So Juju Brents is my player of the game. Braden Smith, Drake's player of the game. Both those guys with great performances against the Raiders. We have uh, another super chat here uh, to end the night. Richard Horton, thank you so much, buddy, oh. for your support coming in with the $5 super chat. Uh, uh, glad you're enjoying the show and richard makes a really good point they need to feature those indiana knights uniforms saturday night i think those will look cool on prime time hey uh, it's an indiana night going for the playoffs might be uh fun for for jimmer say to to kind of push that out there to see if the colts go to their alternate uniforms and where the indiana knights take care of business on that indiana night against the houston texans so richard thank you so much for the super chat buddy really really appreciate your support and and thanks for tuning in so drake Colts took care of business against the raiders now it's winning in against the houston texans uh they they did what they needed to do. Now hopefully they can take this momentum into this weekend and 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 try to wrap things up to get to the playoffs. It is going to be a football war, okay, between two coaches that are fighting for coach of the year. One is defensively minded, the other's offensively minded. Man, both these teams are fighting for a playoff spot and their divisional rivals. And CJ Stroud's going to be doing everything he can to avenge that loss. I cannot wait. And you know what, Richard? Let's just make the Indiana, Indiana Knights uniforms permanent. They should just change them right now. Right? <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic matchup, and, and we'll get you all set for that on Thursday. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate everyone tuning in to help us break down uh, how the Colts took down the Las Vegas Raiders, setting up a, a fantastic matchup on Saturday night between the Colts and the Texans. want to give a shout-out to all of our, 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 our supporters tonight with Super Chats and Super Stickers. Truett, my beautiful wife, Danielle, Patrick, NFL Nerd, and Richard Horton. Thank you guys all so much for your support and your Super Chats. And also, thank you to everyone else that uh, joined tonight and joined in the chat, watched along with us. Uh, Colts fans are getting really excited about this, and and I think Saturday night is going to be uh, a hell of a time, and, and Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be rocking. So if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live every Monday, Monday and Thursday night so you never miss an episode again 90 subscribers away from that 2000 so mark from that 2k mark was our goal uh to end the regular season so if you haven't done so please help us try to reach that goal before the week is over and if you can't catch us live or on youtube no worries apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you drake i know you've been writing away on horseshoehuddle.com as always tell the people what they need to go check out on the site so i talked about zaire franklin setting the franchise tackle record again uh so go check that out and then the three good three bad and the colts win over the raiders so check that out and take some of that into what's going to be uh needed to win against the texans on saturday excellent pieces by drake for me the thing that stood out in the victory over the raiders the colts uh, Shane Steichen stuck to his principles pass to score run to win so uh, I got I got a uh, uh, inside in for, uh, about what Shane Steichen was thinking how he analyzed that game and and he took us through each of the big the big plays throughout the game so make sure you check that out as well as the top five graded Colts uh, from the performance against the Raiders one unit especially got a lot of love I think you can probably guess which one that is so check that out and then tomorrow on HorseshoeHuddle.com, Gardner Minshew spoke to the media today and revealed really what the keys to victory are going to be for the Colts against the Texans. So you'll want to make sure you check that out to know what this Colts team is thinking heading into this crucial matchup. So check that out and all the rest of the fantastic articles by our talented writers at HorseshoeHuddle.com. Go follow Drake at Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Thursday night to get you all set for the big showdown at Lucas Oil Stadium between the Colts and the Houston Texans. You're not going to want to miss that one. So for Drake and myself, have a fantastic week, and we'll see you right back here Thursday night.